0: This is The Final Word.
1: Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider. Welcome to the award-winning Final Word. This is the show that's both critically acclaimed and a ratings blockbuster. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. Let's get started. Here's tonight's three panelists. The afternoon host at 105.9 The X, Mark Madden.
2: Albie, Wednesday at
1: 3.40
2: and Monday at 5.00. Those are times you're scheduled to jump out a window, not watch
1: the Steelers. From our our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Dan Kovacevic.
3: Albie, have we anointed the Cleveland Browns as Super Bowl champs yet? And uh, the head coach, Kevin Stefanski, is head coach of the year, and Baker Mayfield and everything else. Wow, these people get excited about nothing up there, don't they?
1: And from the Trib,
0: Steelers radio host, Tim Benz. Can an 11-0 team somehow still be on the brink at the same time between COVID, rescheduling, injuries? I feel like the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers haven't been cut yet, but they still need to stop the bleeding. It's odd to say that, but that's how I feel about this team. All right, some of the topics we're talking about tonight. We're looking for five words.
1: The most interesting thing you saw in the NFL today. Who do you consider to be the biggest threat to the Steelers in the AFC playoffs? We're going to talk about the Steelers' running game and how likely it is for the NHL to have a season. But first, the Knights' big topic. Dupree and Bush are gone. Nelson is hurt. Does this raise your concern level for the Steelers' defense moving forward, if at all? Mark, start us off.
2: Uh, Yeah, it sure does. When you lose two guys for the season, like uh, Devin Bush and now uh, Bud Dupree, uh, those are two major components. The Steelers' defense is based on speed and aggression. And Dupree and Bush brought a lot of both to the table. Uh, What I would do were I them, I would obviously use Highsmith in Dupree's place, but I would make him a pure pass rusher, just like Kevin Green used to be. I wouldn't have him worry about coverage. I wouldn't have him worry about much else but rushing the passer and I'd have everybody else adjust their duties accordingly. Another thing that has to happen, since the defense won't be as good, the offense needs to be better. More points and more possession. I know they've done well at both so far. They need to do even better.
3: Dan? You know, Mark mentioned the speed and aggression on which this defense is built, and I couldn't agree more. I would take it a little further. I would say that between Bud Dupree and Devin Bush, you had two dynamic players that the other team can't out-scheme. That was what made the Steelers' defense at full strength so potent. You couldn't just go and double-team T.J. Watt because you had Bud on the other side. You didn't have a one-on-one answer. You don't have a one-on-one answer from Minka Fitzpatrick either. That's what hurts so much about losing these two players is even if you get good football or reasonably good football which they have so far out of Robert Spillane and then in Alex Highsmith it's not going to be at that level teams are going to be able to scheme not just around them but now they're going to be able to play some tricks on TJ Watt
2: all right by, by the way Mink is the guy who's been covering for Bush he's taken the territory That's behind right. Bush's position That's right. and Spillane's handled everything in front of it
0: Tim well you asked initially Alby, am I worried Heck yeah, I'm worried. The defense, the very premise of it, the very reason it's as good as it is, starts with the pass rush. The tackles for loss, the sacks, The pressures on the quarterback, those things not only are good on their own rights, but they're also good because they lead to the turnovers in the secondary, and Bud Dupree is a huge part of that. Mark, to dovetail off of your point, another thing that I think the Steelers need to do scheme-wise when it comes to Dupree being out, they can't just count on Alex Highsmith slash Ola Adani to be next men up they're going to have to blitz a little bit more. And they've liked to get away from that a little bit and just rush with four, get home with four. But they're going to have to blitz with a little bit more frequency now, I think.
3: Well, Tim, just to throw into that too, remember, Bud Dupree is an elite uh, rush stopper on the edge. And that's something that we have no idea what we're going to get from uh, Highsmith and or Ola.
1: All right. A reminder, keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the most interesting thing you saw in the NFL today. From Twitter, the Jets screw up again. (laughs) All games played as scheduled. That's also from Twitter. And from Facebook, the Browns beating the Titans. All right, thanks for that. Now, Mark Dayon and Tim, five words. Most interesting thing you saw in the league today. Let's start with Mark. It's easy, Albie. The New
2: York football Giants, mm-hmm. Colt McCoy beat Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell Wilson is a fraud. He is such a pretender. He's a slightly above average quarterback. He's never going to be MVP. He's never going to win another Super Bowl. He did win one. Got to give him full credit there, but really all he is is C.R.'s husband. That's what he should be best known for because he ain't what people say he is.
3: Dan? Uh, still not buying the Browns. Uh, I, I know that's not a popular opinion, especially a couple hours to the north of us. But watching that game uh, today, they put up a bunch of points against Tennessee. They also gave up a bunch of points. But more than anything, though, the Titans' defense has just disintegrated beyond recognition. Uh, when Baker Mayfield is finding open guys all over the field, and he's not being forced to make complicated reads your defense stinks it's as simple as that not buying the browns nine and three i just don't care uh they won't be a player in this
1: at all tim five words
0: the jets are still winless mm-hmm. and probably will be forever they made darren waller look like todd christensen dipped in Rod gronkowski and rolled in travis kelsey today and they found a creative way to blow a game against a better team that they could have beaten, but they couldn't do it. The Jets lose again. It's been 344 days. I'm expecting the next 344 to go exactly the same way. Their fans
3: are ecstatic about it, too. <laughs> if you check the reaction online, all they want is Trevor
2: Lawrence. Yeah, wait till he refuses to go there. Yeah.
1: Still to come, who do you consider? to be the biggest threats to the Steelers in the AFC playoffs. All right, before we go to break, here's a comment. Chiefs, defense will have to find a way to force Mahomes into bad throws. That's from Randy on Facebook. Back with more of the final word right after this. Welcome back. I'm Albie Ochsenrader. Tonight with Mark Madden, Dan Kovacevic, and Tim Benz. Who do you consider to be the biggest threats to the Steelers in the upcoming playoffs? The Chiefs, obviously, and what other teams could really pose a challenge for the Steelers? Tim, you're first.
0: All of them, any of them. Heck, Washington Monday night could be a threat, given the COVID status and injury status of the Steelers. Obviously, the Chiefs are the biggest threat. But thereafter, hey, you know what? The Steelers play three of these potential AFC playoff teams in the Colts, Bills, and Browns. We're going to have that question answered before they even get into the playoffs. Those teams right now are combined 25 and 10. This Bills game especially has gone from a game that the Steelers might lose as their first loss of 2020 to one that they might be fortunate to win based on how they come out of this game against Washington on Monday night. All right, Sean on Twitter says,
1: Casey, Buffalo, Baltimore, and Indy. Obviously, Kansas City, but Buffalo's playing at a high level with Josh Allen. The Ravens, when they're healthy with their secondary, the Colts have the number one defense in the NFL right now. Um, all right, that's from Sean. Dan, what do you say?
3: I would say number one, Kansas City. And number two, the biggest threat to the Steelers is the Steelers themselves. So let's be honest here. 11-0, and out of those 11 games, Name the one in which they had a complete performance. It was Cleveland. That was it. That was it. Even yeah, against since the, the
0: Cincy, sec- the second time at Heinz Field. I'd Yeah, say, just the first time. You know, you
3: know Field. Tim, I've always taken Bengals stuff and just kind of set it off to the side. But yeah, I could, I could buy into that. Uh, they haven't been a complete team. They have, they've gone good half, bad half, good game, bad game, good facet, bad facet. They're their own worst enemy, their inconsistencies. One week it's something, another week it's the receivers dropping everything thrown their way. Whether it's a lack of focus, a lack of concentration, a lack of taking things seriously on the part of some players, I can't know that, but they need to figure it out. And I strongly would advise figuring that out by tomorrow at 5.02 PM. Mark.
2: Albie, you may not know this, but I have a reputation of something as a seer. Uh, I dabble in prophecy like the great Notre Damus and (laughs) I have this vision of the Steelers going 16 and 0 and losing their first playoff game whoa they're that kind of team it's been that kind of year Dejon was right their victories have mostly not been very impressive in fact I called the Steelers undefeated untied and unimpressive they could beat anybody they could lose to anybody 16-0 first playoff game they're out write it down you heard it here
1: all right staying with the steelers for our next topic could the lack of a real running game eventually be the steelers undoing do they even really need a run game as well with their current game plans Dan, you're first
3: Uh, i mean you need one you don't need it to be the primary thing but you need it to back teams off i know ben roethlisberger is probably going to disagree with this concept because he thinks that you can just do anything, including manufacture a pseudo running game with all those quick slants to wide receivers. To me, you have to be able to pound the ball when needed. This offensive line deserves not necessarily all the credit, but a lot of the credit for keeping Ben clean, which they've done. Their pass blocking has been outstanding, but their run blocking has been the polar opposite of that. And I'm sorry, there are situations third and two, third and one goal line where you just have to be able to knock someone on their wallet, and they haven't done that. That's absolutely a worry. All right,
1: back to Twitter. They don't need to be great. It just needs to be somewhat functional. As long as Ben is the quarterback, he's going to throw the ball a lot. And on
0: to Tim Benz. They need it when they need to go to it, when the short passing game isn't working like it didn't against Baltimore for all the variables that Dayon just referenced. The shotgun snap, the delivery of the ball from the quarterback, the securing of the ball by the wide receivers. That's a heck of a lot harder to do in theory than turning around and handing the ball to a running back and have him fall forward for three to six feet, which they refuse to try to do on third and one and fourth and one to open up the third quarter Mm because they're petrified of their own running game. The running game needs to be there as a plan B for the short passing game. And right now, plan B is punt, or turn it over on downs, and that's a problem. Anything less than a COVID-addled junior varsity Baltimore Ravens team exploits that last Wednesday.
1: (laughs)
2: Mark? I have in my hand the final envelope. Uh, Against Baltimore's JV, the Steelers had third or fourth down in two yards or less six times. Most of those were in the red zone. They passed the ball on five of six. They converted one of those five. They ran the ball once. They converted that. The short passing game largely can replace the running game, except in the red zone near the goal line where the passing game doesn't have that much room to operate. They have to be able to run the ball in short yardage and in the red zone or they're going nowhere.
1: All right. And finally, some hockey or not back to mark lots of meetings this week about the nhl how likely is it that a resolution will happen to bring hockey back for the new season or would you be okay if they just waited until the fall of 2021.
2: either the players will agree to defer a lot more money and make the escrow a bigger percentage or there's going to be no hockey period it's either or there's not much room for negotiation there because if it just goes off as a made for tv league the teams are going to lose each in excess of $100 million, and the owners would be nutso to do that. Now, if hockey didn't resume until October 21 and got back on its normal timetable and fans could buy tickets, I would be okay with that. In fact, part of me thinks that might really be the best path.
1: All right. Uh, back to social media. I, I miss hockey, but with limited fans, they need to wait until the fall. No matter how much we miss it, that's from Jack on Facebook. Uh, Dane, you're next.
3: Well, Mark's a hockey lifer. It's easy for him to say that. Jack, the social media guy there, sounds like a hockey fan. Easy for him to say that. Not so easy for the NHL. If you're gone for a year and a half, and remember, that's pretty much what this would be, away from fans, seven markets that haven't had hockey at all uh, in all this time. I'm sorry, that is a difficult, difficult blow for the NHL to take. It's fourth, maybe four and a half in the United States in popularity. It can't afford to be gone for that long. The league and the players have to work this out. I just don't see another way around it.
2: Absence makes the heart grow fonder, Jean.: It
3: does for me and you, Mark and uh, Tim, but it doesn't for casual fans. And the league needs more of those to avoid situations like this in the
0: future to have more TV revenue. A
2: woman once told me that. I never saw her again. You stepped on my punchline, you
0: jerk. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Bottom line, I don't know how they do it like the NBA does it because they don't have the TV deal that the NBA yes. or Major right. League Baseball or the NFL have where they can get away with not having fans. All right. When we come back, around the horn on any topic. The final word is
1: next right here.
2: This is the
1: final word. Welcome back. It's time
0: now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance, and Tim Benz is first. Yeah, Bridgeville native Jordan Timmons of the RMU Colonials. We were just talking about hockey before. Transfer from UConn. Didn't have a goal in two years with the Huskies. Comes to the Colonials. Had a hat trick over the weekend against Air Force. Six goals in seven games so far for the Colonials. Eight points. RMU off to a good start for some college hockey. Winning five of seven to start the year. All right, Mark, final word.
2: Ben Roethlisberger is listed as questionable uh, for the game tomorrow. He has a gimpy knee. Ergo, he shouldn't play. This game doesn't mean that much. They have wiggle room. They could beat Washington with Mason Rudolph. Don't put Ben's knee and his elbow at risk against the number two pass rush in the league. I say that knowing for sure he's going to play.
1: All right, and finally, day and
3: final word. Ben Charrington's had one kind of year as the Pirates' GM, and he's made... Some moves after showing some patience with some of Neil Huntington's players, but now he's starting to take out the trash. That sounds mean, but whatever. We're talking about Clay Holmes, Trevor Williams, uh, Will Craig, some of the worst players in the system. Move them out, clear space on the 40-man roster. The Pirates have the top overall pick in the Rule 5 draft coming up on Thursday night. They have a chance to bring in some other guys, but you know what? They still have no center fielder, none. That's going to take some doing. Who's their right fielder? That would be Polanco, and you knew that. Yeah, he'll be great. He's having a rough Dominican season for the record.
1: All right, thank you, guys. Our final word now from social media. As soon as NFL playoff teams are identified, the league should adopt the bubble concept that the NBA used. It worked.
3: Don't tell the players that, Joe.
1: (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Joe. I need you to please do two things before we head into the new week. Download the free WPXI app, WPXI Now. Dan knows how you can do that, right, Dan? Yeah,
3: I believe you just go to your smart TV and download it.
1: <laughs> That's right, from wherever you download your favorite apps. Mm-hmm. And, ju- <laughs> and join us on that very popular app for two great Wednesday shows, Halftime Adjustments at 7.30, and the WPXI Fantasy Football Insider, brought to you by Cal U. That's at 8, 7.30 and 8 on Wednesday night. A wealth. Of sports talk and information jammed into two consecutive half hours. That's the final word for the first Sunday of December 2020. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Mark Madden, Dan Kovacevic, and Tim Benz. Thanks for staying up late with us. See you next time.